This is Politics on Fire, the podcast about how our political division is destroying our democracy. I'm Dr. George Flynn. I'm a physician, broadcast station owner, and businessman, but I'm not a politician. We'll learn how politics is on fire and what you can do about it to keep it from destroying our democracy. Welcome to the show. Toxic partisanship raises its ugly head again. Well, that should be heard all the time. Do you remember the famous quote, the economy, stupid? Well, this famous quote was by James Carville. It came up with it for the Bill Clinton 1992 presidential campaign. And it was one of the three messages Clinton was to focus on. The three messages were one, change versus more of the same, two, the economy, stupid, and three, don't forget health care. Do these apply to us today? Yes, they do, especially number two, the economy. News commentators changed it to, it's the economy, stupid. They added the word, it's. Well, that's just how important the economy has been throughout presidential elections, but now it's really, really gotten important. On June 13, 2022, the price of gasoline reached $5 a gallon. Unheard of. And it's been going up over $5. What's happened? Let's remember, Summer 2021, the price of gasoline was $3 a gallon. We thought, that's as high as it'll ever go. But one year later, it's $5 a gallon. There are a lot of answers about this, and most of them are correct. However, if we choose any of these answers, we've just got to choose one and fight inflation. The bad effects of the economy on the American people, the position of America in the world economy, get lost in one simple argument. The argument is, who's to blame? And how did they mess things up? Well, immediately, gas prices went to $5 a gallon. Immediately, when the Democrats you know, including the President of the United States, they blame the gas companies, the companies gouging customers to boost the old, all these company prices and their products and their profits. The Republicans, they argued higher prices were due to President Biden's failure to manage the energy policies, and they advocated a decrease in domestic oil production. Well, the truth is, Neither side gave an accurate account of the energy crisis. This is a very intricate economic, political, and geographical, geopolitical, all of the big words, it's a big problem. And now we have a national energy crisis. The interesting thing is we're still playing the blame game. The blame game is if we can just take up enough time arguing about who's to blame and why they're to blame and what's going on with them, we can argue and debate until the general public is just exhausted from the debate 
and they actually forget about the problem. You remember when you're uh, up to your butt in alligators, when you're going out there, you forget you came there to drain the swamp. Now we seem to have forgotten because of all of the political rhetoric. Well, this way the politicians don't have to act. They don't have to vote, they don't have to take a position, and they don't have to offer a solution. The politicians, who they have the power to fix the problem, and they have the power to fix the economy, but they would rather argue and debate and not take a stand because that risks their re-election to Congress. They don't want to make anybody mad. They want to be re-elected. They don't really care about you and me. They're not there to protect us. They're there to protect their jobs. If they were there in their elected office, having taken the oath to protect us in the United States, they'd be up all hours of the day and night working on solutions. No, I don't mean they'd be working in their offices with their ties undone and looking like they're tired with one light on in the desk and they think that that would portray us thinking that they were thinking up ideas as a solitary think tank. No, they'd actually be meeting with members of their party to offer these solutions to the energy prices that are devastating our economy. But even more importantly, they'd be meeting with members of the opposing party to develop a relationship, even if it's just a working relationship, so that we can have a supermajority in Congress proposing energy policies that will actually lower the price of gas at the pump for you and me. Those energy policies could be to promote drilling for oil in the United States, as well as opening up the Keystone Pipeline for energy. That energy was supposed to come from Canada all the way to the Gulf states. And we've got to have some kind of energy development. It's got to be where the United States becomes energy independent. This hyperpartisanship and debating actually arguing with no one moving closer to a solution is exactly what we see happening today. Now, like President Clinton's campaign, do you want more of the same? Do we want people who have their minds made up and they are just absolutely sworn to themselves and their party not to change their mind and not to give one inch or they think they'll be letting their political party down? Or do we want someone on either side, Republican or Democrat, to begin to see the other side's point of view and to give a little bit? So the other side also gives a little bit and we come to a compromise. That's what diplomacy is about, compromise. So we can come to a position where we can have a change. And that's all we need is a change to decrease the price of gasoline at the pump. This doesn't mean that they have to admit either side was wrong. It is admitting that they, in the U.S. Congress, they represent the people and not the party. And they're there to protect the people. They protect us from economic devastation. 
But really, their partisanship seems to be winning. It seems to be more their duty to themselves rather than their duty to the American people. Therefore, we suffer while they sit back in their smoke-filled rooms enjoying their cigars and their premium spirits, we'll call them. Often those premium spirits and cigars are provided by lobbyists so the congressman can enjoy the spoils of being elected as well as the party's rubber stamp of approval. If they can just keep on blaming, blaming the other side and distract us, the general public, like a magic act, distract us from the real problem, they can keep the political game going and kick the economic can down the road while they kick the voters in the butt. If this, has, if this hasn't convinced you, let's talk about history for a moment. The United States was booming with oil production. We were producing 5 million barrels a day in 2008. And we increased it to 12.3 million barrels in 2019. Quite an increase. But then, early in 2020, COVID-19 caused the global economy to kind of shut down and lock down as people were not using as much gas, they were using Zoom meetings, they were using everything because they were locked down. This was due to COVID. Well, since oil really wasn't needed, the price of oil fell in April 2022 to a historic low. Oil producers cut production because they couldn't sell it. They couldn't even give it away. And private oil companies cut costs. Oil companies sold or closed their assets that weren't making money, and they, all the aging refineries that were taking too much money to run, they closed them or sold them. Then what happens is the global economy began to come back in 2021. The United States oil companies brought back some new oil production back onto the market very slowly because they had seen COVID go up and down. They'd seen oil prices collapse in the past. They didn't want to invest a lot, and they feared COVID resurgence would decrease the demand for oil, and they'd be caught with oil they couldn't sell again. Oil companies did not want to invest in more capacity. Then, the unthinkable happened. Russia invaded the Ukraine in February 2022. This fragile global oil supply was in chaos. The world's second largest oil producer and exporter, that's Russia, faced sanctions from the United States, Canada, and the EU. We weren't going to buy oil from Russia. Russia had millions of barrels of oil, but nobody wanted to buy it. Therefore, look, we got a decrease in the, in the availability of oil, and the price of oil went way up to $130 a barrel. Now, remember, in the U.S., we've shut down or decreased the oil refineries due to COVID. We couldn't produce enough oil. Oil prices were high, 
and it was in short supply. Gas prices at the pump spiked to $5 a gallon. And then what happened? That's right, finger pointing again. Democrats, they were critical of private oil companies saying that the oil prices were a result of gouging and greediness of the oil companies and their CEOs. Now don't get me wrong, the Democrats rightly attack and some point out that oil companies are making huge, huge profits. And the Democrats' proposal suggests an export ban on refined products, but it, it'd do very little to decrease current oil prices. Oil prices are set on a global market, and if we lowered the price of refined goods, it would discourage further investment in domestic oil production. In other words, they don't have the money because they lowered the price on the goods they're producing, they don't have the money to invest in oil production. Okay, Republicans, they say how the oil prices at the pump are a result of President Biden's energy policies. So they're pointing the fingers at President Biden and the Democrats. Republicans say the Democrats' energy policies have cut into the U.S. oil production the first year in office. First year in office, President Biden suspended the gas leases, the new oil gas leases on federal lands. And they also canceled the Keystone XL pipeline. Now that pipeline was, had a plan to carry oil from Canada to the refineries in the Gulf Coast. And Republicans say that giving oil production industry a free hand would allow the U.S to achieve energy independence and avoid price increases. Thank you for being a part of Politics on Fire podcast. I'm Dr. George Flynn, and I ask you to subscribe for early notification of each new podcast. Of course, your comments are always welcome. Thank you.